if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain that. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimal relationship. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. The views, information or opinions expressed during the Journey podcast series are solely those of the individuals involved and does not represent Wise Words Imaging or any other company. Wise Words Imaging is not responsible and does not verify for accuracy. Any of the information contained in the podcast series is available from the respective owner. Enjoy the show. Whiz. Some say he was born in Cornwall, while some say that he's on a journey. It's the journey. And here's your host, David Hackett. Joining me on the journey today is a man who came to America from his native country and he only had, like, I think it was from my research and I've got no notes in front of me, $20 in his pocket. And he's here today, successful. He's in America, successful. And he's going to tell us why he's successful. Welcome to Virginia. And that's a good cup, actually. <laughs> Ash, welcome to the journey. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for inviting me, David. Really appreciate you, my friend. Thank you. Now, my first question is, you're obviously not American, as people can tell and see. You came from India with only $20 in your pocket. Is that all you had at the time? That's all I had at the time. And you came to America with that in your pocket. And what was your first thoughts of when you came to America with only $20 in your pocket? So, um, you know, it was difficult, right? So it's never, it's not, uh, it was not easy for sure. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah, the you know we were scared. We didn't know what to do. All those things. <laughs> so this is how I assume it to be because obviously I've come to America myself in the last two years. I came to America with hardly anything. You did you have a purpose? Because I had my purpose. My purpose, obviously, I met my wife and I immigrated to America to be with her. But what was your purpose of coming to America? So initially, of course, everybody comes to America to build a better life, right? But, uh, you know, my dad had to sell everything to come here. Mm. It was difficult. It was four of us, me, my mom, my dad, my brother, four of us. We came together. And uh, the journey was absolutely beautiful, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So now... The main purpose, sorry, the the main purpose was to really build a life, you know? And and my main mission was to, I wanted to not just like make it, but actually, you know, thrive in this environment. Uh, because I uh, because I knew I can, but more importantly, you know, I wanted to make a difference in after the fact. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So making that difference is that what you've always had inside yourself as a person, where you wanted to help people, where you wanted to see people achieve, where you wanted to help people reach their goals. Yeah. So I always wanted to reach. You know, uh, my I mean. So I always believe, David, is that you you cannot um, you know um, you cannot help somebody if you are if you haven't been helped by uh, yourself, you know. So just like uh, when airplane is going down, right? They say that make sure that you uh, you know you um, um, put the mask on first. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think it's important to learn from that. So your success started, would you say, pretty much straight away or did you build from something and then work on that? So it's just like anything else, David, is that when you're looking to climb the success ladder, right, it's never easy. Hmm. It's hard work, it's dedication. So like when we came here, so my journey started in the airplane. So like, you know, I'll, I'll take you back to the plane ride. And this you'll love this because it, it's, it has something to do with Heathrow Airport. So um, when we were coming here on September 3rd, 1989, when we, we had our visas and everything, and we were at the airport on September, we got to the airport on September 4th at the Mumbai International Airport. And once we got there, as you we were saying goodbye to our family and, and everybody, we get into this plane and we had never been in a plane before. And it was absolutely beautiful. I was 16. My, my brother was 14. And then my, and my mom and dad, you know. And uh, so we get into the plane. It was absolutely gorgeous. And then, you know, we were so excited that both of us, we were fighting, you know, for the window seat, you know, me and my brother. <laughs> and so um, then, you know, once that settled down, we got into the plane. We were sitting at the Mumbai International Airport. 120 degree weather, hot and muggy and and yuck, you know, it wasn't great. So the plane was supposed to take off at nine and didn't take off at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, one o'clock. 
and plane was still there. And finally at 1.30, plane takes off. We get to the Heathrow airport and at the Heathrow airport, um, we, didn't, uh, we were so excited because we had never seen anything such a beautiful place before. So we were so excited. And, and, and then I had, my dad was, you know, he walked up to the ticket counter. I needed to go to the restroom. So, you know, I kept on looking for the bathroom because, you know, I didn't know English, right? So what do I know? And I see this door opening and closing and people were so happy coming out of there. And I'm like, it must be a nice place to rest in there because it said restroom on it, right? And I kept on um, passing by the door. Finally, Indian person helps me out. I finish my business. I go back uh, out to my dad. And I see my dad is struggling. And he's saying something to ticket counter person and he, she doesn't get it. And she's saying something that he doesn't get. And it was a very difficult moment. Then an Indian lady walks up to us. She explains to us that we have, um, what she has been trying to tell us is we have missed our connecting flight. So that, you know, really was, it was a, like a, it threw us back, right? And, and thinking that, you know, what are we going to do now? We can't speak English. We're stuck in the middle of the road. We don't know what to do, right? We, don't, we didn't even know how to ask for the vouchers or the tickets or how are we going to make it to the next step? Next step. So we, we, um, the lady helps us out, you know, get all that. And we also get a, a hotel for the night. So we go to the hotel and we have never been to a hotel before. So that was also exciting. You know, we come from, a, you know, and here, here's my dad. And so, so we are like, okay, now what do we do? So then I, we, I said, okay, no problem. You know, so then we, we were hungry we were like, because plain food was bland. You know, it's not like Indian curry and like, you know, really nice food. It was horrible. So we go to the, uh, we went to downstairs to the restaurant and, you know, we are vegetarian. So like in uh, 1989 at the London Heathrow airport, you know, being vegetarian, there's two, only two words for that is good luck, right? You know, so because, <laughs> so we couldn't find anything. So finally the lady comes over. We didn't even know what we were reading in the menu. So that same lady ironically comes over, helps us out. We get a salad, a spaghetti and a bread roll. So I, I said, you know what, I'm hungry. I have to eat something. I have never had grass before. So I go for the grass, which was salad. So I go for the grass and it was horrible. It was bitter. And then I go for the spaghetti, which was plain noodles, like literally Kung Fu Panda's dad, you know, when he, when he builds, uh, yeah. has those noodles, those kind of noodles, right? The, his chow, what is it called? Chow mein noodles or something very, very plain. And then um, I go for the bread roll and bread roll was actually a soup roll. So we couldn't even bite it or nothing. So we finally uh, decided to, we didn't eat that night. And then we got up next morning. We made sure we caught the flight to come to the United States. And finally we landed here on September 4th. And that was our starting of the journey. And the reason I'm telling you this is because David, Everybody has those stories. Everybody has those struggles. Everybody wants to make it big. But one thing in, is inevitable in every journey is there is a story of struggle and there is a story of success. Yeah. Like if, I, if I could give anything to your, your listeners, I would tell them that, you know, take heart because the most important thing is a journey. Yeah. And I can understand that totally. Like I said, I came to America two years ago. I'd left pretty much everything 
literally there. I came with one suitcase. I came with one little hand bag, you know, carry bag up that you carry on the plane mm-hmm. with you. Mm-hmm. I had nothing except for what I had in that bag. Now I've got clothes. I've got more clothes than it's worth again. But point is, it's just amazing now you can start off on something small and you can make yourself big. But from the initial thoughts, what you just told me, even for you at the beginning was a struggle. And I can understand that totally. So I applaud you on that. Thank you. Thank you. So my next question is, so you was young when you come to America. You had $20 in your pocket, like I said. You was a young boy. And then obviously you got older. What made you start getting into the work you're doing now as a person? So after coming here, David, you know, I ran into financial services in 1994. And I wasn't bad. Initially, I was pathetic. I had to blackmail my dad through my mom to get my first sale. And I was really, really bad. And eventually, uh, I became really good. I, be, I was a financial planner. I was managing over $300 million at one point at a bank. And I started my own company after that. Uh, and what led me to this is, is that I just wanted to keep doing more and doing better so that I can help other people. My ultimate dream of like, you know, not only helping my, myself, but also helping other people. And what is the best way to do that? So for me, this is a, um, it's been a, a fantastic journey. And for me, you know, it's about making a difference and really helping other people. So like, I've been fortunate to be a keynote speaker at you know, several universities and several places. And I've been uh, fortunate to help over 5,000 businesses in the last uh, 12 years. Uh, and I have taken several businesses over a million dollars in revenue. And most importantly, I have uh, been able to, I received a congressional honor for my work. And I'm very thankful for all those achievements. And so that's what led me to what I'm doing right now. You know, it's a journey that I took on. Yeah. And I embrace the journey. And you're still on that journey, which is commendable as well, because the journey, even though people say, you did this, you did that, and they think that's the end. It's not the end, because every day is a journey, because you never know what's going to be around that corner, as I learned when I was growing up. So yeah. from I've been reading your um, website and the commendations of people just applauding you that's another achievement as well because you help so many people and I assume these people were on the verges of in companies case bankruptcy in cases where they were struggling financially where they needed that extra push I my question is does it give you the satisfaction and excitement every day when you hear success stories come on your desk and say thank you thank you thank you thank you because I can imagine that desk is quite full with thank yous (laughs) yes there is a lot of thank yous there and yes it it does it's satisfying for sure right because 
at the end of the day, David, you know, it is about, um, it's gratifying for sure, it's humbling for sure, you know, but it's definitely not uh, in the sense of like ego for, for sure. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, so I think, I think it's important to recognize that, okay, you know, I, and you are, I'm, I'm humbled that people appreciate the work, but I'm more thankful for them you know, honestly, instead of them being thankful for me, I'm more thankful for them for being with me and being on the journey and really letting me help them out in the best way I can, right? Um, you know, and, and so that's been, and at least my, my thoughts on that. Yeah. So um, my last question is, if you used to say to someone like myself, because we discussed this before this recording. What advice would you give to someone who is literally at the point where you were in 1989 with nothing? What would you tell them? So I would tell them to have clarity around what they want to accomplish and make sure that they get on a path don't be afraid to, you know, take risks and, and change the path whenever necessary, but stay the course of ultimately achieving your dream. Don't change, no matter what somebody says, no matter what happens, stay your course. And, and just keep going at your pace, build your own rules, build your own way of thinking, you know, you know wow the society, right, in, in a completely different way but make your mark in, in your terms, not in somebody else's. And I did learn that as well when I was first upon into on the radio, when I did a radio show, they said, don't be like that person. That's their take on the show. When you do a show, make it your own. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so um, if anyone wants to um, look at what your success is or if they mm -hmm. want to get in contact, have you got websites? Have you got Facebook pages? Any way of contacting you? Yeah, so they can visit my website. I have two websites. So one is my name, ashshukla.com. So A-S-H-S-H-U-K-L-A.com. Or they can go to my business site, financialchakras.com. So it's financialchakras.com financialchakras.com so they can go to either one of the websites uh, they can always find me on LinkedIn and on Facebook if they just google my name Ash Shukla they'll find me okay yeah Ash it's been amazing I thank you again keep thank up you. with your good work because I know there will be more people in the year more people next year to be helping but keep up the good work and thank you for sharing your journey Thank you so much, David. Really appreciate you, okay? Thank you. Thank you. That was The Journey, hosted by Wise Words Imaging, hosted by David Hackett, produced by Melissa Hackett. Be sure to like, subscribe and listen to another journey coming soon. The journey will be interviewing Whitesaid Fred, one of the UK's most enduring pop exports. 
Since forming in 1989, brothers Fred and Richard Fairbrass have a list of achievements as songwriters and a band that includes number one hits in 70 countries, including two US number ones, three UK number ones and a number one in Japan. They were also the first band to reach the number one slot in the US, with a debut single since the Beatles. We'll be talking to Richard and Fred very soon about their new single, Your Inner Light Is Love, which is a song about light versus darkness, a song of unity. It's a feel-good factor optimistic song about the ability of everyone of us to shine a light and give. It is antidote to all the doom and gloom. It is our time to shine. Coming soon to the journey. Right said Fred. Dream.